Grace and peace, you're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a ministry devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think better about race in a way that is biblical and helpful, clear and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm Austin Suter, one of the co-hosts, joined again in person by Isaac Adams. How you doing, Isaac? I'm really happy. I need to stress, this is not in your notes. Can I say two encouraging things? If you must. Uh, <laughs> uh, and one of them is about you. Really, I mean, I guess two. I, one first encouraging thing, I've met multiple people recently who have told me they've gone back to season one of United We Pray and they're just listening to the whole thing. I've heard that too. Which is... That's so cool. And like, yeah, and they're like downing it and they're like, I know I'm way behind, but I got through two seasons in about a week so i was like yeah you'll be caught up pretty soon (laughs) so uh that's super encouraging and then second so you know if you're listening to this you haven't checked out previous seasons we do have previous seasons the second is you and me are officially members of the same church we are so folks know we've moved to the same city and we go to the same church now we're both members of that same church that hasn't been true for a long time i know so i guess if i like sin against you you can tell a pastor and he can deal with it yeah after you talk to me matthew 18 anyway uh uh that's super encouraging brother i'm just yeah well moving aside graciously and seamlessly to the topic at hand you (laughs) you just finished a book i did I did. We've talked about that at some length on this podcast. It's out. People are getting it. People are reading it. People are sending us nice emails about it. We appreciate all of that. Presumably, you wrote this book intending that people read it. <laughs> that would that was one hope, small hope I had in like, writing. We worked pretty hard on this. We thing. did. It would. Uh, yes. It it would be nice if people actually read it. So, what I wanted to talk to you about today is what you hoped people would get out of this book and how you would encourage people to use this book and books like it. Yeah. So what is true today, which wasn't true just a few years ago, is that a few years ago, if somebody asked me for a book on race in the church, I was kind of on my back foot. I didn't know exactly what I was going to give them or everything I I had to give them had some kind of qualification on it. Like, ah, this part's good, but you know, yeah. Now there's a stack of books we can give them. And we do give them. Yeah. We just gave away three sets of, a stack of books at uh, Together for the Gospel. And stay tuned on our social media channels, by the way. If you don't follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we periodically give away good books that we have nothing to do with and don't benefit from giving away um, just because we want you to read and be edified. So if you don't follow us, do that. If for no other reason, then you can get free stuff. So let's just name a few of those books quick or a few of those authors. Yeah. You. Who else? Yeah, if I if I if there's a stack of books that I get to pick that I'm handing to someone, it's your podcast. Uh, this is true. I'm saying, hey, here these books right here are 90 miles down center plate. You know, fastball over the plate. Just this is what you're looking for. Shy's book, The New Reformation. Shy Lynn, we had him on to talk about it. Correct. George Yancey, Beyond Racial Gridlock would be the first book I would give, which is his older book but still really good. And then his new one, Beyond Racial Division. So George is excellent, and he's he contributed or he endorsed talking about race. Uh, Jarvis Williams, uh, Redemptive Kingdom Diversity, great book. And then One New Man was a book even a few years ago. At least Jarvis was putting his foot in deep kind of Pauline dive. And he's not done. I mean, Jarvis is still writing. He's still uh, Jarvis writing. writes a book like every. 
10 minutes. I mean, every, every, and he knows I love him and he'd be laughing, I think, if he heard me say that. Derwin Gray. Yes. Uh, encouraged a lot by the things Derwin is uh, and pushing us even beyond kind of a black and white conversation. And then there's my book, which I would humbly throw into the mix. So, but that stack of books, I mean, because Austin is just, I mean, what is it? At least weekly, people are asking me what to read. And we don't just point people to our stuff. Uh, you know, there's peop- there is a spectrum and there are voices on the far left that we would not recommend. There are voices on the far right we would not recommend. There's another kind of gradation if you just move in, you know, from both sides of voices. We're like, mm, it depends on who's asking me, right? But then there's that stack I just talked about where I'm like, look, just go to this stack, Read these five books, and I think you'll be in a much better position to have better conversation, to be be more thoughtful, more prayerful, more hopeful, and more gospel-rooted. And if you don't like that stack of books, I think it's not what is being said. It's that something was said uh, that people might not appreciate if they take issue with that center stack of books. Yeah, and that's, I mean, to be clear, that's not saying everyone who follows our ministry is going to agree with every statement in all of those books. Very true. Right. Right. But— to your point, these are gracious, winsome, biblical books. They're not just pointing out problems. They're offering solutions. They're painting a positive picture of the unity of God's people. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not, ba- I mean, they're not bathed in the ca- in the categories that a lot of people would have suspicion with. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, we a lot of Bible in those books, a lot of Bible in these books. So it's just, that's what you're getting in the book. And that's what I mean. If you have a con- if you have an issue with that, well, you're really taking, I think, Again, the books aren't scripture, but they, they, these books aim to be rooted in scripture. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because you'll hear sometimes the, the charge or the question, and I take it at face value as, as an honest question. What would you say to someone who says, we've got the Bible, we don't need these other books? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I appreciate even the, just the disclaimer. I want to just highlight what you did, because it's important in conversations. You took the question at face value. And I'm like, well, uh, and, and, and you're assuming good intention on the question, whether or not it's there, you know. While I appreciate that, what we're fundamentally getting at, and we've had this conversation before, is a, a conviction. And someone might understand that to be sola scriptura. And it's like, listen, I'm all for sola scriptura, but I think I understand it differently than what that person means. Meaning, potentially, yeah. Yeah, potentially. Meaning both me and that person would say scripture is our ultimate authority, that person, though, is going forward to, then to say, then why do I need anything else? Well, it's, it's not a question about only scripture. In other words, that person goes to lots of different resources about lots of different topics to make it through life, right? If we, if we, need the, if we don't need anything but the Bible, then why do we read books about history? Why do we read books about anything else ultimately? And so I would simply say, uh, because these books within Christian freedom help us think better about this issue. And one of the way we're going to talk in just a minute about ways to use these books and, you know, none of us do our thinking in a vacuum. And at the very least, we're talking to our friends, our relatives, our pastors about important things. A book is just another friend, right? Yeah. Another way you can do another conversation partner. Right. And a book never, well, I was going to say it never talks back to you. It may talk back to you, but you know, you can, they're, they're a nice conversation partner in that regard. So in thinking about ways to use either your book or any of these other good books we've mentioned, um, I want to think through three categories of how we use them and just sort of give people an idea or, or helpful tips for that. And the first is just reading by yourself. So you wrote a piece for us 
uh, at United We Pray, we'll link to it in the show notes, about not making your minority friends your primary resource Mm -hmm. in the race conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, why did you write that? I wrote that because whether it be my own experience or the experience of a lot of minorities who are talking to me, it was not clear to me that white brothers and sisters who were so well-meaning, and I really do mean that, understood the toll they were they were placing some of their minority friends under because when when you know to use kind of the example from my book when a racial tragedy strikes and everyone turns to you as now the represent and now you are representing your race or you know your community whatever it may be that's a lot of pressure and you besides only your own emotional processing and all the things that are going on you may you feel the weight of hey this is really important i know it is and i don't even think i can articulate these things you know just because you're black doesn't mean you're articulate about speaking about these things or want to um, and i don't just mean articulate but i mean that just it, it certainly doesn't mean you're right about everything you say or you can convey clearly what you're trying to communicate about these things so it's just a lot of pressure so or that you want to or that you want to uh, and you don't have to. And so I wanted to help white brothers and sisters see you'll actually get a much better conversation if you do some thinking and some reading beforehand. And you'll actually preserve and serve your relationship that much better. Yes, and amen to that. And it's not saying that you will never learn things from your minority friends. No, it's not saying they'll never, they won't ever talk to you. But it is saying you'll have a better conversation if you don't treat them like a vending machine for racial knowledge or like some kind of intellectual curiosity, because I think you pointed out uh, either in this piece or another one, I, I hope it's the same piece that we link to that. I like you highlighting that I have written multiple pieces for United We Pray. Yeah, though. I wanted to. <laughs> um, hey, I've got another in the hopper right now. Do you? I How do. about that? I do. Um, you highlighted that part of what it means to be white in our society is that you don't have to think about race unless you want to. And so what that can mean for white folks is that they can kind of drift in and out of the race conversation as they want to. Whereas minority folks in America have to think about race every day. Yeah. And generally, yes, but yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm speaking in, in broad strokes here, but, um, we as white people can be a little insensitive in relating to our minority friends with that. It's like, oh, hey, by the way, I noticed you're black. Um, <laughs> how do y'all deal with this? You're right, right, guess, right, right. If, you, if you've done some reading beforehand, it's gonna keep you, Lord willing, from asking unhelpful questions like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you can see then you're reading as an act of love towards someone else. That's really good. That's really good. So. I get your book, I get Shy's book, I get Dr. Williams' book, and I sit down and read it. How would you encourage me to do that on my own? One is I'd encourage you to do it prayerfully. And I'm not just saying that because it's United We Pray, but truly coming to the book. Oh, so there's there's a with an open mind. And what I mean is there's a way to read in, in such a way that you are not open to being, you're reading it to write a negative review. And that's just, confirmation bias you're just looking for the things you don't like and i hope if you paid money for the book you would do more than that uh so don't read like that but i say you know in the book you know this can be used in group settings or it can be used as a workbook 
you know? So I think oftentimes we skip the questions in the book. We don't really do them. And that's kind of like doing push-ups on your knees. You still get a workout, but you get a better workout if you do them the right way. And so I would encourage folks, do those questions, treat the book as a workbook. I mean, there's some kind of basic reading principle, like underlining, have a pen in your hand, uh, all of that good stuff, which is natural for any kind of book you read. But, but especially with these kind of books, read them slowly. I appreciate everyone who's like, I, you know, inhaled Shai's book, you know, and that's great. But read them slowly and read them with your Bible next to the book. That's good. And a chapter I just keep coming back to, a chapter of scripture is Proverbs chapter 18, which is a lot about how to think. And that's just a good one to go back to. Read that before you launch into any major reading project. That's good. That's really good. Be open to hearing others' opinions. Be open to having your own thoughts cross-examined. Like just, yeah, God has wisdom for you on that. Okay, so you read by yourself. You go through the book. You write good questions. You pray about it. That is going to equip you, Lord willing, for conversations, for interactions, for being a better friend, a better church member, all of that. Yeah, a better bridge builder, yeah. What about the second category, which is reading with another person? Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, in terms of what I do with guys I disciple, it depends on kind of the book. But Can we just pause on that real quick? Yeah. Because I don't, I'm not assuming everyone is familiar with that sort of terminology. So when you talk Fair. about discipling, are you Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh no, I can't even, I was going to make a joke. And I was like, there's no joke. That's a win there. No, I am not Jesus. Correct. So what does it mean that you disciple somebody? It means I help them follow Jesus and they help me follow Jesus. So I don't think discipling is necessarily, you know, sometimes people are like, I need to, I need to find a discipler who is, you know, 60 years older than me, has been married for 400 years, has all the experience in the world, is really successful and has time to meet with me whenever I need them. That's not what I mean by discipling. I just mean helping helping folks follow Jesus. That can look different in so many different categories, but it does look like helping them uh, in, in different regards. So sometimes that looks like reading a book with someone. Sometimes that looks like we meet up and talk about this, th- this thing or that thing, whatever it may be. Great. So in this instance, you've got somebody you know, a friend from church, something like that, and you yeah. say, hey, would you like to read this book with me? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and... In terms of what that looks like, typically, I mean, I'm pretty low bar with this kind of stuff. I'm like, let's read this chapter or two and let's get up and talk about it. Here's what stuck out to me, what stuck out to you. And we, and, but what, what happens though is you guys, you've done some thinking together. And so you have a, you've both looked at the same material and you have a common starting point for your conversation, which is really helpful. And it, it brings that out of kind of, hey, I want to disciple you about race, so let's meet up and, all right, tell me what you think about race. And it's like your your thoughts haven't been filtered. They haven't gone through the same filter. Whereas if you read the same book, you have a common filter to put your thoughts through. A common filter and in some cases a common language, which is super That's right. useful. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shai's book especially does such a careful job with mm. defining. You did that too, mm. especially in your index at the end. But mm. Shai gives many pages to defining our terms, which I think is helpful. Yes. Yeah. So do you have to have read the book ahead of time? Before yes. you read it with somebody else? Oh, that's a good question. And it depends on who you're reading with. I thought you were like, do you have to have read it? If you're reading it with someone else, should you read it ahead of time before you meet up? Yes. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, 
No, you don't have to have. It could be useful depending on who you want to meet up with. And probably your own personality and giftings, right? Yeah. Yeah. And bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah. We want to be careful in this. Like, file all of this under the category of advice. This is not law handed down from on high, giving you, you know, some burdensome thing you have to do. But if you're going to read a book with somebody else, here's some helpful things to think through. Yeah. But I'll say a lot of the guys I would meet up with, I read the same books with them. I don't just pick brand new books because I only have so much bandwidth. So if I've read it with one dude and it was helpful for him, I'm probably reading it with another dude. Yeah, I do that too. And it it depends on the book too and and what you hope to accomplish with it. So if you you know a book, it comes highly recommended from people you trust. Maybe that's an okay thing to just read through afresh with somebody. You will come with your own sets of questions, ideas. but yeah, if you read it ahead of time, then you're obviously prepared. You can probably ask better questions than you would have otherwise. That's good. Um, this last category I have is reading with a group. I'm thinking Bible studies. I'm thinking prayer groups, accountability groups, Sunday school classes. How do you hope your book and these other good ones are used in that type of setting? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, because there you Lord will, I mean, you'll naturally have more of a facilitator for the conversation. And I think you want a bit more than, Hey, what did, what'd you get out of it? Right. I mean, that might be a fruitful thing in of itself. Kind of like, what did you get? What did you get out of it? But I would hope the facilitator has some kind of goal for the class of like, Hey, I want us in our context, I think these four lessons are important for us to talk about, or these four questions that were raised are important for us to talk about as a church. So I know there's thousand different rabbit trails we could go down, but hopefully the facilitator is putting some thought into structuring the conversation around this kind of material. So I'm, I'm looking a bit, and if you know, you're listening to this, like I'm this facilitator and I just don't know where to start. Um, I get that. And that's where, I don't know, maybe Austin will write the, the, the discussion guide for the book. I don't know. So I thought about it. Yeah. Well, there it is. Uh, so just email Austin and he'll take it. Yeah. There you go. Contact at you. That's right. Always looking to hear from you guys. Yeah. One thing I thought of about reading in a group setting like that is it's a way for someone to sort of borrow capital from somebody else yeah which is say i've got a church i don't assume that everyone in my sunday school class thinks the same way about race or is equally receptive to the conversation right in a given evangelical church you've probably got folks who are anywhere from like really wish we were talking about it why aren't we talking about it more to folks who are borderline hostile mm-hmm. to the conversation mm-hmm. maybe beyond border i was gonna say you can drop the borderline yeah. yeah 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 so okay you've got folks all across the spectrum and rather than sort of putting yourself out there as hey i think we need to think about race differently you can say hey let's read this book yeah. and it's not being dishonest it's not borrowing someone else's courage right. it's finding a different starting point it's being wise and saying hey we can let's read this and talk about it. Here's a starting place. Yeah, that's right. It's a way to prime the pump for difficult conversations that you might not otherwise have traction on. That's right. And that facilitator, I hope is challenged. And you know, the person suggesting the book, I hope they're challenged to see that what I say early on is that someone can be godly and disagree with me about some things. And that's really easy to say and really hard to live out. So if you're necessarily just kind of kicking back and like being like, 
well, these people need to be challenged and I'll kind of sneak in this Trojan horse book to get it done. Well, it's like all of us are coming to this group to be challenged and it will be challenging. And if it's not, then that I think that's a problem too. And part of why we started with sort of recommending a few resources is that the, the books we've recommended are really biblical. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And if you're dealing with Christians, that is going to get some traction. Yes. Yes. We love the Bible. We love, and we don't like sin. We don't like staying in it. And so if it's like, I hope if I'm in sin, someone comes and helps me get out of it. Now, we don't always truly think that. It's like sometimes we're like, I'd rather just stick in the sin. But generally, we like to grow in our holiness. Right. And in love for our neighbors. Yes, exactly. Amen. And that's where, like, these just to beat this horse a little bit longer, but if I'm using James Baldwin in my Sunday school class, I've got a lot more work to do. People may still learn things. The, the man was brilliant, yeah. right? But we don't share the same thoughts about God. We yeah. don't share the same thoughts about the world or yeah. what can happen, how people change, right? Yeah. And while we may learn something, I've got a lot more ground to make up with that person who doesn't really want to have this conversation at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And I give them a lot more ammunition to say, here's why we shouldn't have these conversations. If you're dealing with a, a Bible-y kind of book, you just cut a lot of that off. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Well, anything else you want to say? We've uh, we've gone about 25 minutes here. I'd encourage, I mean, for anyone listening to this who has used one of those books we talked about or any book and has had fruitful discussion, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to highlight some examples of this is how I used the book. Uh, this is what we did. So I know, you know, a brother up in Pennsylvania who printed, um, I'm trying to remember which article it was, maybe that one by Jamie Dunlop, printed it and just had his small group read it. And then they talked about it and had a really fruitful discussion. So I know that's happening lots with some of our articles or folks are just printing them, handing them to their people, saying, let's talk about this article. So my, so that's just a call for anyone listening to this. Tell us what, Tell us what's been fruitful. And it doesn't have to be our stuff. Correct. Yeah. No, I'm just like, if you have some book that's not in the stack we talked about, we'd love to hear about it. And we'd love to uh, just highlight, yeah, some testimonies of success. Or if you read Derwin's Gray's book and you love it, we want to hear that too. Yeah, exactly. And at the risk of navel gazing one more time, let me just close out by saying, if I haven't said it to you this clearly, how proud of you I am for writing this book. Oh, bless you, bro good it came out and how I think you were the only person who could have written this book. Oh man, the, you saw how much I, it was a struggle and besides just your tremendous editorial help, you know, I think what I, what I'm sure I said to you a thousand times was writing. This was one of the most acute seasons of spiritual warfare I've had in my life. I remember that. And I think I was subtly, I kind of realized this now that I'm kind of on the other side of the book. I was suddenly asking myself, was this worth it? But man, the amount of testimonies both you and I have heard from pastors of like, finally, I feel like I have something I can hand people. Finally, I just, it was so challenging. Finally, just like a roadmap, an action plan for how to have this conversation in my church. It was just, the answer to that question, was it worth it, is so undoubtedly yes. And I bless the Lord for making that really clear to me. Amen. And just to say again, you know, as, as glad as I am for your book, I'm equally, if not more glad that there is a stack. I, oh, it makes me so happy. 
It just makes me because, and frankly, I think it puts us in a position now we're really without excuse now. And so it's like we let's pick it up and read the stack. A book will only do us so much good as we read it, apply it, hold it up to the light of scripture, uh, and live faithfully in light of what it's calling us to do. Because all those brothers worked just as hard as I did, if not harder, and the books were written to be read and to be used. So let's use them. Well, do you want to pray that happens? Yes, let me do that, ma'am. Just me, you, me. I'll, I'll follow. Great. <clears throat> Father, your word says, it asks us, it challenges us uh, in saying, what do we have that we haven't received? Lord, that includes the books and resources uh, you lead your people to write. And so, Father, we pray that we would take advantage of them. Lord, we pray that we would apply uh, all the helpful things these books say, knowing, Lord, that no book compares to your book. Lord, we sit under your book. But insofar as these books help us understand your book, help us to live more faithfully in light of your book. Lord, we pray that individuals and pairs of people and groups of people and churches of people would read and apply and be helped. Lord, we pray that we would love one another in such a way that the world finds striking because of the works that have recently been written. Lord, we pray that we would be one as you are with your son so that the world may believe, Father, that you sent your son. Father, we pray that churches would be helped, that even the the lasting effects and the hangover of Jim Crow and segregation in the past that is being undone but often feels so slowly in its unwinding. Lord, we pray that you would use these books to help that unwinding go a bit faster and to help it unwind a bit more clearly, Lord, and to help us come together that much more as your people uh, across these racial lines, across lines of historic strife and tension and just flat out pain. Lord, I bless you for all of Austin's help uh, with the resources you've given us to produce. Lord, we want to see other ministries blessed and encouraged. So help us to do that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, as I just prayed from John 17, um, the Lord Jesus prayed for unity prayed for the unity of your people, and we want to care about the things you care about. And so we pray that your churches and your people would be more unified. And Lord, we pray that these books that we've recommended would be helpful towards that end. We pray that people would read them. We pray that people would benefit from them. We pray that you would do the convicting heart work that needs to happen among your people to make us more unified and to stand out from this world. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, folks, thank you so much for listening. As always, you can learn more about our work at youwepray.com. Grace and peace. Grace and peace.